Is America on the brink of collapse? And if so, what can you do about it? Find out on today's episode of A View from the Wall. Join I Am A Watchman Ministries Managing Editor, Joe Kerr, with co-host Dylan Burroughs, bringing you a fascinating discussion regarding the importance of Bible prophecy and Christian living today as it relates to our responsibility as believers to be watchmen. This is A View from the Wall. Welcome to A View from the Wall. I'm Dylan Burroughs, here today with co-host Joseph Kerr to discuss the vital topic of America's future. And with political unrest, an ongoing pandemic, and a heated presidential election campaign underway, our great nation faces unprecedented challenges. What can we do to help? Well, joining us to discuss these questions today is a voice Fox News and CNN have called a religious and cultural expert. Alex McFarland is president of Truth for a New Generation and can be heard daily on American Family Radio's Exploring the Word. He's the author of numerous books, including his latest title that we'll talk about today, Assault on America. Alex, welcome to A View from the Wall. Oh, thank you so much. It's great to be on with you all. Well, we love having you with us today, and your book is an exciting one we'll get to in just a moment. But I want to start off by referring to something Barna Research has talked about recently. They've done a number of studies on why this generation is leaving the church and abandoning their Christian beliefs. And you've written about this in one of your past books, Abandoned Faith. Talk a little bit about why you believe this is happening today. Well, a great question, and and let me say going into this conversation how much I appreciate the vital work that uh, you and Joe are doing, and I just urge people to follow and listen regularly, as I do, because you you guys are trusted voices. But regarding what I would call the the attrition rate away from church, I mean, there are a lot of factors. um, Public education that has really been militantly secular now for a number of decades and just um, a, a general, as Chuck Colson would have said, coarsening of the culture. The culture is uh, drifted away from morality and spirituality, specifically Christian uh, thought for several decades. But I think the number one reason that, say, people 30 and younger really don't have a lot of interest in Christianity or the church, uh, I would attribute this to the breakdown of the family. And uh, we could talk about that at length, but the, the, the key to the rebuilding of the church is the rebuilding of the family. And that's just something that a lot of people in America and the West over the last few decades have not really acknowledged the vital connection between the state of the family and the moral and spiritual development of young people. We've had a number of guests on the program over the last year, Stephen Strang and Cal Thomas and others who've categorized the decline of America and talked about the change in our culture as Americans. But it, that's one thing to see it in public life. It's completely different to see it in Christian leaders and prominent musicians that have come out and said that they've lost their faith or no longer believe what they believed. Um, speak to that for a minute. How do we deal with that? What are we? What's causing that level of confusion in the Christian community? Well, uh, God bless you. Thanks for asking this. And uh, yes, it is tragic. It is very disheartening when anyone goes through a faith crisis. And, and let me say, you know, uh, a lot of, even some of the greatest Christian leaders have gone through uh, a period of testing a dark night of the soul, uh, you know, even no less a personage than somebody like C.S. Lewis in the aftermath of the death of his wife, 
went through a time of struggle and doubt, uh, John the Baptist himself did. You know, the John the Baptist who said, you know, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And then by the time we get to, you know, later on in the life of John the Baptist, he's saying, Lord, are you he that should come or do we look for another? What's different about uh, recent years has been that there have been formerly uh, high-profile Christian leaders who had spent years and, frankly, made lucrative careers off of the church that not just have a season of struggle, but, I mean, absolutely repudiate the faith they once preached or sang about. And uh, this, it's, it's really the, the appropriate word would be apostasy to apostatize, uh, not, not just to have an emotional struggle or a, you know, a, a valley we walk through, but to jettison the faith and, let, and even come out as an agnostic or overt atheist. That is, a, frankly, a pampered Western American 21st century phenomenon. And it, it's interesting to me, having traveled to a lot of the world in the context of ministry, you really don't find atheism in developing nations. It's only in the luxury of the affluent West that gained its affluency through a biblical worldview over centuries. But it's in the pampered, posh, entitled 21st century West that people feel brazen enough to repudiate the God they once worshipped. Well, that's a, a clear way to put it, and as Christians, we believe the answers to these questions are found in God's Word, the Bible, but we're living in a time when fewer churches teach a biblical worldview. So if God's Word is the answer, but people don't believe it and churches even deny it, what can be done to break that cycle? I know you address this in your new book, Assault on America. Talk a little bit about that. Well, well, you hit the nail on the head, Dylan. I mean, we have to view the Scripture as God's authoritative Word. And uh, I believe there are compelling lines of evidence that point to the accuracy of the Bible, the trustworthiness that, yes, the Bible the Bible doesn't merely contain the Word of God. The Bible is the Word of God. And whether it's an overt rejection of the faith or whether it's just moral drift and things that we would have once preached against now are tacitly accepted, uh, you know, sex outside of marriage or even homosexuality or, or universalism that, you know, I mean, I've had ministers and ministry leaders take me to task over whether or not Muslims and Christians worship the same God. And of course they do not. Uh, but it, it all comes down to what saith the Lord. And our, our guiding presupposition as Christians, uh, obviously we can defend these logically evidentially, historically, scientifically, archaeologically, we can defend our faith, yes, but we must, as believers, accept that the Bible is God's authority in our life. So a lot of the drift and a lot of the unbelief and, frankly, the, uh, the dying off of so many churches in America, I believe, is due to our abandonment of the authority of the Word of God. 
Wow, and I know people who are listening who are concerned about the future of our nation and in your book, Assault on America, you talk about that by outlining the real source of America's problems that no one will dare to talk about. We look at some of these statues that are being torn down, the riots that are taking place in America's cities, and what is really behind this. And when we come back on A View from the Wall, we're going to talk more about this with expert Alex McFarland. Stay with us. From I Am A Watchman Ministries, here's today's I Am A Watchman Minute. Have you ever wondered what happened to the 12 disciples of Jesus? Judas killed himself after betraying Christ, but the others remained brave and faithful and died as martyrs. Thomas was tormented with red-hot plates, but would not deny his Lord. Nathaniel had his skin flayed, but would not recant his faith. Did you know the words martyr and witness have a common root word in the Greek language, the language of the New Testament? From a biblical perspective, a witness must be willing to die to self and, if necessary, die for Christ. Scripture directs believers to be bold and courageous. The disciples were. Are you? Courage is contagious. Joining the I Am A Watchman family of believers will help you stand strong in these last days. Be bold. Be faithful. Be a watchman. I am a watchman.com. Welcome back to A View from the Wall. This is Dylan Burroughs along with Joseph Kerr, and we've been talking with Alex McFarland, the author of the new book, The Assault on America. And Alex, you have a new book out that addresses some of the topics we introduced in the first segment. And we want to dive right in and give you time to talk about this. Tell our listeners about the book and why you felt compelled to write this book at this time in history. Uh, You know, there's a lot we could talk about, and a lot has been said for a number of years. Uh, Yeah, I think about uh, the late, great Chuck Colson. I think about James Dobson, uh, for whom I worked for a number of years and a, a number of other great thinkers and leaders, the late Ravi Zacharias, that they all talked about, you know, the family and the breakdown of the traditional family and, and marriage and uh, our drift towards socialism politically and economically. And all those things are realities. But in my book, The Assault on America, the things we must do to save our country, and uh, it's available online now. I mean, people could get it, and, and they will get the book within three days. And I would beg people to read this before the election, frankly, because there, um, I list 21 things that the liberal progressives have planned for America. And, you know, it's interesting, about two months ago when I was um, writing the book, some of the things, I mean, believe me, I have on good authority from um, colleagues and friends and journalists that are covering candidates. Uh, speaking directly with candidates and leaders, I list 21 things like giving citizenship and voting rights to 12 million illegals. And several um, friends that were reviewing the manuscript said, you know, goodness, uh, some of these things that you predict, the social Marxist progressives have planned. It's a little bit over the top, isn't it? And yet presidential candidate Joe Biden on tape corroborates some of the things I say in the book that they do want to give voting privileges to 12 to 15 million illegals, instant citizenship with a stroke of a pen, voting to felons currently serving time. It's just amazing. But the thing I talk about that I'm not hearing anybody else talk about is 
our abandonment of natural law. Now, I can explain what this is, but you, you might call it moral objectivity or absolute truth, or as Jefferson called it in the Declaration, self-evident truth. But uh, guys, I mean, there, there's always been sin and sinners. What's different about the era in which we live is that there is a global, worldwide, well-marketed push to abolish all moral boundaries whatsoever, even even gender. I mean, we can't objectively say there even are males and females anymore. Uh, and it, it's one thing to say, uh, I can behave however I want to behave. We're living in a time when people are, are being told by professors and people are asserting, uh, I can not only choose my own behavior, I and I alone define what I am. Male, female, transgender, transhuman. We're living in a very tenuous time that we've erased almost all moral parameters. And we're either ripe for a revival and a move of God's spirit or a descent into global anarchy, really. Alex, you talked about the nuclear family, and you explore that in great detail in the book. And one of the things that I've seen personally, both Antifa and Black Lives Matter state on their website in plain English, anybody can go there and see it, that part of their agenda is to restructure or in one case, dismantle the nuclear family. What should Christian families do in a time when the whole concept of the family is being redefined? Great question, great question. And, and guys, let me preface what I'm about to say by saying that um, my, my family, um, my grandmothers, my sister, my sister-in-law, my mother, my aunt, uh, all were in public education for many years. My mother was a public school teacher for 28 years. My sister has been for 30 years. So I, what I'm about to say, I... It took me a long time to come to this conclusion, but and I'm only speaking for myself, Alex McFarlane, but I believe Christian parents have got to get their kids out of public school. Christian school, private school, homeschool, uh, I, I'm a, I've become a big advocate for homeschooling, but, but you've got to understand, and, and I myself have been privileged to do assemblies in around 200 middle school and high schools. And, and I know a lot of parents will say that, well, you know, my, my child is a missionary at public school. Look, the numbers just do not bear that out. Public schooling is so overtly secular. In fact, listen to this. About three years ago, there was a meeting in, in my home state uh, capital, Raleigh, North Carolina, of the Teachers Union, the National Association of Educators, and a newspaper reporter sent me a photograph that he discreetly took in this meeting. And there was a big board called Spread the Gay. And one of the points on the board, and these were public school teachers from across North Carolina, one of the points they were taught was, quote, insert homosexual content wherever you can within the curriculum. And I've, I've heard stories like this from across the nation. And because um, K-12 public education and then state universities 
and then political candidates, they, the left, uh, left-leaning progressive liberal candidates at least, they have so wedded themselves to a worldview that we would call humanism or secularism. There's no real place for God. There's certainly no place for the tr- traditional family uh, that moms and dads, you have to understand, you've got to believe it, that public educators ridicule what we would call traditional values or patriotism for America. Last week, I interviewed a department head at a state university here in North Carolina who is a Christian and has been at this university for 18 years. He said it was so hard because at the orientation, this was just last week, they had a faculty meeting of a thousand faculty. So this is one of the largest universities in North Carolina, though I've spoken at universities in about 25 states. Uh, This particular department chair said that the academic dean of the entire university rubbed his hands together and smiled and said, well, let's get ready for the fresh meet, meaning the incoming freshmen. And he said, it's time to deconstruct and reprogram, quote unquote. Honestly, unless your child goes to a solidly Christian school, I can promise, I can promise, and look, I believe in education, but I can promise, like Ben Shapiro said, whom I have interviewed, Ben Shapiro said college is a four-year attack on America and God. So part of the reason that we're several generations into young adults that really don't believe in family, don't believe in sexual uh, purity before marriage, don't believe in moral absolutes, don't believe in the authority of Scripture because they don't trust what it says about creation or even the existence of Jesus, certainly don't believe in patriotism for America. Part of the reason we're where we are spiritually, culturally, and politically is because we're about four to five decades into militant secular indoctrination in the classroom, K through 12 through postgraduate. Uh, there, there is a pathway back, but I, I believe many clergy and certainly parents have got to admit they've got to get out of denial and realize that we are in a battle for the souls of people and the future of our country. We've heard from Alex McFarland about the assault on America, but what can we do about it? Stay with us, and when we return, we'll talk about some of the positive things we can do here on A View from the Wall. The rapture can happen at any time. You may be ready, but are your friends and family spiritually prepared for the coming of the Lord? What will happen to those left behind? We've created a new resource to help you help them. It's called the Rapture Kit. Included in the Rapture Kit is a Bible and vital information on what the Rapture is and how to prepare for what's to come. The Rapture Kit also includes eight books on prophecy, apologetics, the Christian walk, and being a watchman for the Lord, plus a number of video and audio teachings all preloaded on an eight gigabyte flash drive. Become more strategic and active in your witnessing. Warn the lost about the coming rapture and help individuals in the post-rapture world be drawn to Christ, equipping them to become the next generation of ministry leaders. Learn more and order at rapturekit.org.
Welcome back to A View from the Wall. This is Dylan and Joe, and we've been talking with Alex McFarlane, the author of the new book, The Assault on America. And you've heard all about the things that are happening in our nation in the last segment, some of the disturbing trends that have been taking place in education and in politics. But as Christians, we have a blessed hope. We know God rules in the affairs of mankind. No president can solve all the problems. No government or no political party can provide the solution. God alone is our answer. But how do we balance our responsibility as Christians in an election year without elevating a political leader to do God's job? Alex, speak a little bit about that for us. Well, in spite of uh, the the doom and gloom that I I don't mean to project too much, uh, there's always hope. I mean, as a Christian, we serve the God who never slumbers nor sleeps, and we serve the Lord that conquered the grave. So I want to give hope because there's always a reason for hope. Um, You know, um, 1620, 1621, the pilgrims came, and they said they had come here to advance the glory of God and the spread of the gospel. And yet it is estimated that by 1730, you know, roughly 100 years after the pilgrims came to the the North American continent, uh, less than 10% of all the people in America went to church. And uh, one, one historian said it was a time of great, great impiety. And one Scottish missionary, now listen to this, he said in the 1730s, uh, as these people seem to care little for God, God seems to care little for them. The whole of this people is, as I see it, ripe, either for God's judgment or God's mercy. And yet, into that milieu, God raised up uh, George Whitfield, Jonathan Edwards, and a number of others, and the Great Awakening came. And by the end of the 18th century, uh, the awakening, more than two-thirds of all American citizens were fervent Christians. And I would say, to a small degree, we feel the ripple effects of that move to this day. My point being, I, I'm in a position of great hope. And so I would encourage people, and, and I know this may sound a bit simplistic, but this is reality. So number one, pray. Pray for this country. Uh, you know, of course, primarily make sure that you indeed have a relationship with Christ. And, and, and I would say to everybody listening, the, the first prayer to pray, if you've not done this already, is the prayer of salvation and receive Christ into your heart and be born again by calling on Jesus. But, but pray and, of course, be a part of a local church and then be an influencer. Um, let me humbly urge people to read my books, the most recent one, Assault on America. Uh, and uh, a number of other books, but uh, lead a small group. You can be an influencer. Um, uh, Dylan, you, you might appreciate this. I, um, my wife and I, in our home several years ago, uh, led a, an apologetic study, and we had some folks in our home for a number of weeks, and we would have some snacks and refreshments and just have a, a friendly, non-threatening conversation. And we were on the subject of creation, and there were several in the group that were militantly evolutionary, believed in Darwinism. But little by little, through the context of friendship and relationship, people began to come to Christ, and and their viewpoints were changed, and their lives were changed, but it, but it took time. So I would encourage people, 
you know, pray, be in church, understand your ability to be an influencer in the lives of those around you. And then finally, I, I would say exercise good citizenship and vote because please don't just not vote. I, I really believe that our citizenship is a stewardship issue. And uh, there's a lot of biblical precedent I could give for that. But understand that for the believer, all of life is a mission trip. And right now we need Christians throughout the USA to use their, their voice, their vote, and their influence to be salt and light for Christ. And he will, he will in time give us that revival we so desperately need. Let's just hope that that time is sooner rather than later. Oh, that's so good, Alex. We have a lot of listeners to this program who consider themselves watchmen and women in the biblical sense of the word. They interpret the daily events and headlines in light of Bible prophecy and seek to watch, warn, witness, and finish well in these last days. And we ask our guests, as we conclude each program, to speak directly to that group and give them a word of encouragement and challenge. Wow. Well, you know what's beautiful? First Corinthians fifteen fifty eight says, Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Friend, believe it. Believe it. What you do really does matter. Young person, grown up, parent, grandparent, senior adult, believe it. Your witness for Jesus and the seed you sow has more impact than you could calculate. And I know when we get to heaven, you know, we'll probably there find out the ripple effect of our lives. But just stand on that reality of the fact that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So let's labor on. Those are powerful words. And these are such good topics. We must have you back again, Alex. I appreciate your time with us so much today. And we've been talking with Alex McFarland, author of the new book, The Assault on America. And you can check that out at alexmcfarland.com. You can also catch this program and more information about us at iamawatchman.com. Thanks for joining us. Look forward to being with you next time here on A View from the Wall. A View from the Wall, in association with I Am a Watchman Ministries, exists to equip a worldwide audience with biblical truth, sharing it with others, and being prepared for Christ's imminent return. The team seeks to encourage, inspire, and equip watchmen for such a time as this. For information about the ministry and upcoming events, visit IamAWatchman.com. A View from the Wall is made possible by the team of dedicated pastors, editors, and the many contributors of I Am A Watchman Ministries. To support our efforts, give online at IamAWatchman.com and click on the Donate button. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time on A View from the Wall.